Welcome to 204 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today, we caught up with Morgan Santos. She's a designer at ThoughtBot. She is an artist building stuff in VR and AR. She's built games. She's really into darkness. And shadows. And It was pretty great. We had so much fun talking. You should go listen to that. But first... <laughs> you should go listen to that thing that you're currently already listening to. But you can get there right after this. First, before we go, we want to thank our sponsors, Fuse, for making this episode possible. Fuse is a tool that lets you stop prototyping, stop designing statically, and just start building a actual application in Objective-C or Swift or Java, so iOS or Android. If you think about the process of building software, it's essentially gone unchanged. It starts with bricks. For a long time, it's just not been changed in a meaningful way. And we still today have this problem of designers and developers still trying to figure out how to work together, how to do a handoff, and it's resulting in what we like to call throwing it over the fence. And if you actually install a fence in your office, that's not very smart. Bad idea. But essentially, designers are working in their own world of static comps and prototypes and things that don't actually understand the end application that's getting built. They don't understand the way users use it. They don't understand real data. They don't understand how they'll be rendered. And all that has to get handed over to a developer who then has to interpret it and recreate it in their set of tools so that it can actually be used by an end person. Either guess what the intent is behind a set of constraints or like you have to redline it. The, the whole process is pretty flawed. So the process is flawed, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to work towards one outcome, which is shipping a really great product that makes people's lives easier. And so it's at that intersection that Fuse is making really awesome software that helps designers and developers collaborate, speak the same language, and at the end of the day, you output quality code that you can put in the app store. No more useless prototypes, no more static comps, just an app that you can actually use. They've got this file format called .ux, and they let you write these component-based user interfaces. .ux is definitely like a design thing, right? Code is not that scary. Yeah, let's you write your views and animations and transitions all using real content, using the same paradigms that a developer would use as they're creating an application. So now all of a sudden you're speaking the same language and your output's not only going to be faster, but it's going to be better quality. We're super excited about people working in the space, especially about Fuse, who's built an awesome tool called Fuse Studio, as well as all their free tools and demos and example code and all their documentation that make it easy for anybody to build real production-ready apps. We're excited about it. You should go check it out if you were done prototyping things that don't actually work and you can't actually ship and you're ready to just build an app. You can do that at fusetools.com. Tons of free resources. You can check out their features, their documentation, see all the examples of things that were built with Fuse. If you work with a team and you want something a little more powerful, they have a professional plan. Uh, get you access to the Fuse Studio product uh, and we're helping you save a bunch of money. If you use the promo code Design Details at checkout, you'll get 50% off that professional plan for 12 months. But you can still use Fuse and its .ux file type for free. They specifically mention in their notes to us that Fuse Studio is for people with actual income already. You don't want to be paying a bunch of money every month just to have this visual tool when the code base will work great. Go learn more at FuseTools.com. Thank you so much to Fuse for making this episode possible. And with that, let's get into episode 204 with Morgan Santos. I'm Morgan, and I'm weirdly alive and loving every minute of it. Hmm. Why weirdly? I don't know. Being alive is weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of chances, huh? Yeah, it really is. It's like billions of years of just chance and luck that we're, all of our ancestors survived, huh? Yeah. 
It's crazy. Smashing shit together and then stopping abruptly. Yeah. Life. Into it. Into <laughs> it. <laughs> Super chill. And here we are in a studio. This is yeah. the culmination of this. Was oh also God! Just this, like, this is what evolution was this, for. This, this is up. what it's all been building up. Idiots. Dumb chance. This is very, very dumb. 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 <laughs> Shit. Uh, what are you working on right now? Um, at work or for myself? Either, because we're going to ask about and both eventually. Both. <laughs> um, at work, I'm currently illustrating a lobster with a Boston accent. I'm into it. Dope. And How do you illustrate the accent? It's just saying wicked. <laughs> and we have to interpret. Well, it's also going to oh, be wearing. Oh, it's a county lobster. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's also wearing a Red Sox baseball cap and it's nice. eating Dunkin' Donuts donut. Sweet. Mm. Um, it's for Pound a t-shirt. There. Huh. Yeah. I asked our Boston team, like, what's something that's typically Boston? This was some of the more, like, safe for work stuff they gave me. <laughs> <laughs> what was it not safe for work? <sighs> Somehow we got onto this tangent about tattoos, tattoo guns, people tattooing themselves. It all led to staph infections, and I had to put my foot down and say, I am not illustrating a staph staph infection. infection. Just, you got to draw the line somewhere. How drunk is the lobster? Just kidding. My only experience with Bostonians (laughs) is I went to New York City for St. Patrick's Day one time, and that was... That was pretty close. It's basically the same thing. I've never been. They all came into town. It was amazing. Huh. Every, everyone from Boston was it there. I, I, I think of Ben Affleck when I think of Boston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We wanted to add Ben Affleck or like yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, Mark Is Wahlberg. Matt Damon from Boston or does he just do a really good job in... Uh, Non-regional diction? The movie I'm thinking about. No, the uh, yeah. Robin Williams movie. Yeah, Damon. I know what you're talking you know, about. Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, that's yeah. the that one, one they became famous for. <laughs> yes, you yes, idiot. Yes. Yes, well, dude. I've never seen it. Tip of my tongue kind of thing. You haven't seen it? <laughs> no. He does a great accent. Well, <laughs> it's written by two Bostonians and it takes place in Boston. Well, sorry, I don't know the lore of Goodwill Hunting. My <laughs> the God. lore. <laughs> God. You don't know the Ben you know, Affleck and Matt Damon you lore? You haven't watched the Inside the Actor's Studio with Matt Damon talking? I don't know, man. go to the no. Actor's Studio. Hmm. <laughs> well, how do you exactly, know? Exactly, oh, I don't. This I is don't. my point. <laughs> um, this is good. So that's what I'm working on at work is Boston stereotypes. And for fun, I'm working on like way too many things at once. Um, One of them is that I'm part of the gray area incubator here in the city. So gray area for anyone who's listening and doesn't know about it is the space in the mission and they're a nonprofit and it's all about like the intersection of art and technology, which we all talk about as designers, Mm. but they actually do it. They have a festival once a year, which is really cool. They like have workshops and like various events. And they also have this incubator. So for people who are making usually like digital projects, um, but really anything that has to do with art and technology and usually with some kind of like social justice focus or at least just kind of like a public awareness of like what's going on in the world. And yeah, you're just part of it for six months and they'll support you. They'll like mentor you. Um, on Friday, I'm going to go to a critique okay. with all the other members. In a few weeks, we're having a demo night so you can come and see what people are working on. Um, what are you working on for that? So I'm working on a VR experience for Google Cardboard. And I wanted it to be for Cardboard because you just need a smartphone mm-hmm. for that. So anyone could actually download it once I'm done and try it out themselves. and. It's a really simple idea, but it's just like, what if 
Well, actually, let me back up. Have you seen the movie Donnie Darko? Yeah. Oh, shit. I haven't seen it. Hang on. You just Brian reminded me I need to add that. has not seen many movies. But I'm, ma- I'm maintaining an active list of movies I need to see. You should definitely watch I have it. To he was born one. too late to see movies, apparently. Yeah, I've only ever seen. Are you a thousand years old? No, he's too. Like, or... he's just too young. He's like five <laughs> oh. years old. A thousand days old. That's my bad. I can math. Um, well, there's a scene where for a science class or whatever, they're they have to come up with an invention and they wait, 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 pause. Are you gonna spoil this movie for me right now? No, it's like it's okay. not important. Okay. Don't worry about it. Cool, cool. So they have to come up with an invention and it's something that it's kind of like basically a VR headset, but before VR was it really a thing that you'd put like on a baby's head and they could just look at really peaceful scenes and like just nature and like calming things. And that's basically what this VR experience is. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's me stealing that idea from Donnie Darko of like, what if you could just enter this virtual space wherever you are, which is again, why it's for Google Cardboard. And it's just really calming and peaceful. And it's just like exactly where you need to be in that moment. So it's very meditative. It's um, like the opposite of a panic attack. Yeah, exactly. And I actually had a Google survey going out for a while just about what brings people calm, like what colors are calming, what sounds are calming, and also like what stresses people out. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really interesting to see the overlap. Yeah, what'd you find? Everyone hates cities. (laughs) And we all live in them, which I think is sad because everyone hated like red and yellow traffic Loud noises, spiders. crowds. I don't think anyone mentioned spiders. There's well, no spiders. Everyone in was wrong then. Montreal has hella spiders. Oh it's, shit! It's a weird thing I noticed. While <laughs> Hang I was on, there. let me pull my other list of cities to never visit. Well, I'm scared of spiders, but I managed. Yeah, I'm generally not a fan. Yeah, I had to kill one today and a cricket. Hmm. We live on the ground floor. It's interesting house. because <laughs> if you'd actually just put them in the same room together, you wouldn't have had to do any work at all. They were in two different rooms. That would have been a really good battle royale. I think the spider would win. Cricket's got hops, though. I have a hunch it would have. Yeah. And so what did you find on the other side? Like what's calming and de-stressful to people? Unstressful. Water came up again and again. Any form of water. Like people wanted to be next to the ocean or rivers or like taking a bath. Rain. Yeah. Rain was one. Um, the same colors were generally calming, lots of pastels and like natural colors, especially. For sounds, that was like wildly different across the board. Um, it was like jazz or just ambient nature sounds or like classical music or just like pop songs they really liked. Um, yep, that's all over the board. Yep. <laughs> so that, it was really fun though. A lot of it read very poetically. So I had hmm. fun reading it. What do you call it? The project? Yeah. It's called Tenebra. What does that mean? Um, I think it's technically Italian, but it comes from the Latin word that means like shadow. Um, Why'd you pick that name? Well, a lot. Of, I sounds mean, cool. It sounds cool. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> Get that out of the way. Um, because I think like darkness can be very comforting. And I always like to explore that in my work, like nighttime or just like, like one of the scenes is actually you're in a bedroom late at night. This sounds like a horror movie. Sorry. I'm terrified. Well, have you heard of Donnie Darko? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A giant creepy rabbit shows up in this dark bedroom. <laughs> Bro, spoilers, sir. But now, like, imagine, like, you're in your bedroom and it's, like, nicely lit with candles and you got, like, a city scene outside and you're listening to a record player, um, just, like, really calming music. 
and there's just like a lot of nice lights and flowers in your room and you're just like enjoying time by yourself just like in your own private space can you describe what a so i'm using tenebra tenebra there's a there's a sith lord called darth tenebris which is the only reason i know that name <laughs> darth shadows that's dope so uh <laughs> from the old books so what am i seeing is it like photos and videos that you took or is it generated computer it's, graphics yeah so i actually built the scene um i did 3d modeling with maya which is a software to make 3d models and then i built the actual room itself inside unity which is a game engine which you can get for free so it's why a lot of like indie developers and stuff use it and so it's an actual like 3d scene that you're in so you're you're in that room cool and this is the the primary scene or are there multiple scenes that i can choose from there will be one other scene. That's a surprise. Just kidding. It's a desert. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds not calming. Yeah. How'd you pick that? One, it'd be really easy to make. <laughs> Sick. I, I like it. I like it. In here. Um, but also, like, I do think the desert can be very beautiful, like White Sands National Monument. Um in Arizona or New Mexico. I've never been there, but I really want to, or even like the Sahara. So not desert in the sense of I'm about to die of heat stroke, but the desert around like dusk. Just like all the really beautiful pastel yeah. lights yeah. and just I'm about to quiet. die of pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to get real cold, but for right now, it's great. So I guess, yeah, neither of those scenes now that I'm describing it sound peaceful, but just take my word on it. I will take your word on it. <laughs> and so uh, you have to present this. At some point. In October, yep. And then what? And then I'm done and I move on. So you'll be done with gray area? You leave that? It's just a temporary? Yeah, it's just six months. And I will probably not pick up the project once I've presented it because you've got to know, know when to let things go. And you already know you're going to let it go? Yeah. What's that like to keep working on it then? Well, I mean, I have to like present in October. I have to finish it. But by the time I've presented it, it's done. Does that change the way, like, is that why you would choose a simpler scene, like a desert versus Definitely, because otherwise I could spend my whole life on this. I could always add more details. That'd or... be kind of cool, too. <laughs> well, that doesn't uh, sound Catch up super in 40 in... years and see what you built. That I, sounds stressful. I would never do That's that. That's the opposite of the thing. Yeah, thank you. Is Someone it gets it. Is it stressful to build this? No, it's not. But I don't like working on things for too long. So actually... The game I made, uh, which I released in January, it's called Phantom. Yeah. That I was working on for like two years on and off. And I just got to this point where I was like, I just need to get this over with. I don't want to think about this anymore. I kind of don't care about this anymore, but I need to commit to finishing it. And so I think I did most of the work in the last two weeks. So let's dig into this because it's on your website, clicked on it, and I played through to the end mm -hmm. but for context like what's the game and then i want to know about what yeah. it's like building it and, and then i have some other questions yeah definitely so phantom is a text adventure game that you can play in your browser and it's sci-fi and it's explicitly neither dystopian or utopian sci-fi just just kind of in the future dystopian just <laughs> just utopia pretty topian <laughs> yeah and you play as an artist who like has a commission from someone and you're feeling really uninspired and you kind of like don't want to do it. And then through a series of events, you eventually like figure out what it is you need to do. And then it ends with you 
kind of presenting your work. So again, all about presenting. Sounds and very dystopian. On. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You have writer's block and then you get criti- critique. No, because in the game you get to eat pastries. You get to hang out with your friends. You get to like choose what makeup you want to wear. Like, uh-huh. All right. It's yeah. peaceful. It is peaceful. That's what I was thinking the whole time is like it's calming and you're doing – there's times where there's some tension. Like you don't know if you're getting into a bad situation and things yeah. are about to get weird, but then everything turns out nice. And you're like, oh, that was kind of cool. Yeah. All the tension in the game is really – it's like not real. Like nothing bad will ever happen. There's one Spoilers. option. Spoilers. Well, okay. If you're going <laughs> to play the game, just kind of ignore it. You already said that up. thing. I know. <laughs> But I like to call other people out for um, my mistakes. So, yeah, if you're going to play it, just ignore the next five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> but there's one part where you could choose to delete all your emails. Uh-huh. And there's like 10,000 of them. And a lot of people won't choose that option because they're scared. Yeah. The thing is, the computer like in the game won't let you do it. So, you, like, you'll never be able to delete all your emails. It's just about the own tension you put on yourself. Why did you want to make this? So, my God, this was like so long ago now that I thought about it. Um, I wanted to make games for a long time. Like I wanted to be a game developer when I was growing up. But then I learned that the industry is not great. So I'm not a game developer now. (laughs) And I really like text adventure games and games that focus more on stories. Um, And I just really like sci-fi games as well. And I was talking with my boyfriend and... We were just like, what if we made a game? He never helped out whatsoever. So that was like disclaimer. He didn't do shit. Involvement. (laughs) But you know, that that was the impetus. So that that was pretty important. Um, and originally I wanted to make like this really dystopian sci-fi game and an actual 3D game. Like you can see things, you can interact with things. Um and yeah, it was just going to be like really dark and sinister and like about government conspiracies and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then 2016 happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then it happened in real life. <laughs> Tenebrous, Phantom, Dark Dystopia. Yeah. Is there a theme? Donnie here? Darko. I mean, dark, 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 darkness. It's yeah. it. Shadows and darkness. Yeah. I love darkness. Dope. Cool. Um, You'd be a great Sith Lord. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> It's a high compliment. <laughs> Just kidding. I hate the Sith and the Jedi, but that is a topic for another time. Should we talk about Rebels? Oh, shit. That might be a topic for right now. Okay. So <laughs> everyone in my office is super into Star Wars. Uh-huh. And one time we were talking about all the movies and I just pointed out that the Jedi and the Sith are the worst part of the Star Wars movies. And they're like, well, hold on now. Like the Jedi are pretty cool. I'm like, I'm going to put together a PowerPoint I'm literally going to put together a PowerPoint on this. And I'm going to present tomorrow during lunch. And I did because I got strong feelings about this. It really all comes down to like both of them are fighting this religious war that no one else cares about. Uh-huh. And they're they're not both equally bad, obviously. The Sith are much worse than the Jedi. But the galaxy doesn't need either of them. And everyone would just be much better off if there wasn't this religious war. But isn't the point of the Jedi to fight off the Sith who just continue to exist, even though they're the bad part? I mean, you could say that, but I still don't like the Jedi. <laughs> I think the worst part of Star Wars is the politics, not mm. the Sith or Jedi. No, I, I'm into I the politics. You guys should go see a Star Wars movie together and then podcast about it or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah. How do you feel about the new ones? 
the the, the like new TFA Star Wars movies, and yeah. Rogue One. Yeah, good. They're yeah, great. I like them too. There you go. Guys, no tension here. This is great. So back to your game. Yeah. <laughs> so you wanted to build a 3D. Yeah, and uh, and I had no experience doing that. And uh, it turns out it's really hard. Huh, that's surprising <laughs> to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only someone could have told me that. Um, like 3D modeling is hard. Game development is hard. Everything about it is so hard. And I just had to scale back on my idea over and over and over again until I got to this point where I was like, okay, what really is a game at the end of the day? <laughs> it's just a story you interact with. Uh-huh. Like to me, that is the bare minimum. And that's not everyone's definition. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to make a story that's going to have no graphics and you're just going to have to read everything. And there's software to make that. It's called Twine. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um pleasure to work with so i wrote the story with that and i made the story a lot more optimistic uh-huh. <laughs> than i was originally going for and it so i finished it and it came out in january so this was around the time of the inauguration which i do not want to talk about but it was around that time and a lot of my friends played it and said it honestly like helped them feel better about oh, life that's which, cool was my goal so i'm happy about that the thing that caught my eye is uh it's all text there's no graphics um that is the visual interface of it cool mm-hmm. but there's Going a well there's a point where one line of text is shaking yeah and i was like oh shit like just this one little thing can you talk about that like why why did yeah that, happen? that was an idea i blatantly ripped off from this other <laughs> game <laughs> cool <laughs> called kentucky route zero which yeah I, that game's great yeah i highly recommend playing it um it is a 3D game, but it's very story-based, and you just kind of read things and go through it. And, yeah, it's not a game in the sense of, like, Mario Kart or anything. Yeah, it's just, a story. Yeah. Um, and they have bits of text that will be styled differently or will kind of shake or have weird effects. And I did notice how what an impact that had. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, it's just typography. Yeah. And like, cool. I know it has an impact. So, uh, last question: Are is there only one ending, or yes. are there other possibilities? There is only one ending, but based on the choices you made throughout the game, you will have a different experience with the story. So, who you chose to talk to, what you chose to do with your time, you will end up at the same point, but your journey will have looked different. So, you'll feel different about the end. Do you have uh, one more question? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you keep track of the? paths people followed and like because what what i got to thinking in the middle is a lot of these decisions feel like i'm taking a psychology test of like (laughs) how do you react in social situations it's like you can either be super outgoing or you can go hang out in the corner and do nothing yeah both are valid i was like fuck what would i do in that situation and i wonder if people choose what they would do in real life or if they like and at the end it tells you you're an intj yeah yeah at the end you get your what should we call it? Score? Myers-Briggs. Myers, thank you. Uh, yeah, anyways, did you find anything interesting there? I did not track it. I don't know if that would have been possible with Twine. I'm sure there's a way I could have done it, but I didn't think to. And then people started playing it, and I was like, shit. Too late. <laughs> hmm. So that was a lesson I learned. Was yeah. Keep, keep track of those. It's kind of a cool uh, psychoanalysis thing. It was like, how would people not only like, 
do they play the game and try and fantasize about something they're not or would they play and try and be representative of how they are in real life uh and then there was the point where i realized that i was playing as a female character and i wondered how that would affect the decisions i made like knowing that now i'm representing someone else that's not like me mm-hmm. uh, lots of cool i did explicitly make that really subtle though like, so yeah halfway through i'm like maybe she's trying to make this go both ways but then there's like one line where you make it clear yeah. that it's one hmm. yeah but for the most part you don't really know what anyone looks like or even what you look like yeah. other than like you're female but what does that really mean <laughs> was it meant to be as introspective as brian or is he just doing that thing he does no it was <laughs> okay that was cool because a lot of the choices like yeah about like what makeup you choose to wear and you can go with something really subtle you could go with something super bold and crazy makes no difference either way but i know i like in games when you can make those choices and you feel like you have some control over it and it was really fun a lot of people would tell me like what they chose specifically like what they chose to wear Mm. in the game (laughs) that was cool so knowing what you know now about building that and then also what you've learned with the shit i'm forgetting the name Tenebra. Tenebra. Come on. Would you Darth uh, Tenebris I don't, or whatever? I don't Star Wars as hard as Bryn does. <laughs> uh is it on your mind to go back now and no, it's make done. A, make a new game or like oh. try and start the original thing that you want to build, like this dark 3D thing? I don't know. Now my next idea is I want to do an AR experience that shows you what different parts of the world would look like if there weren't cities there. I don't know if that's possible. So I'll get back to you. That sounds very hard. Well, Mapbox has a a Unity SDK, so you can kind of do stuff like that. Cool. All right. Okay. So it might be possible is what I'm saying. I see. I've I've looked into this for 10 minutes. Sure. That's (laughs) awesome. Uh, Let's back up. Where are you from? That is a really hard question for me to answer, so I'll give you my whole life story. Perfect. That's where we were going. (laughs) I was born in Belgium because my mom is Belgian. It's where my parents met. And then we moved to Portugal because my dad's Portuguese. And then we moved to Sunnyvale, California when I was five years old. What a move. Yeah. Sunnyvale was a big step down from Lisbon. Really? <laughs> well, like, well, it's I'm, a big step down from a lot of places. Yeah, it's not that great. Yeah, Yahoo, I guess. Mm, yeah. <laughs> not anymore. No, you're right. Not anymore. You um, lost that. Yeah, like Sunnyvale is just not, it's a suburb. It's not interesting. Do you remember the move? Was that like an It was the only time in, in my life that I had a tantrum. How old were you? I was five. It was two weeks before kindergarten started and I didn't speak any English and I was very unhappy about it. What was that like going to kindergarten a week after moving, not speaking English? I don't really remember. There were a lot of other kids actually who had moved there and didn't speak English. Um, one of them, her name was Momoko. She was Japanese, did not speak English. She was so angry about being there that she bit the teacher on the first day of kindergarten. That's that dope. Is. Establishing yeah. dominance. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> she really did. We became friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like this person. Um, but I mean, by Christmas, apparently, like I was basically fluent in English. Like kids learn languages so fast. That's insane. So my parents still have an accent, but I do not. Have you always been interested in computers? No. Um, so like I said, my dad's a programmer. And well, I don't know if I said that when we were recording or not. You said it now. 
Okay, I'm saying it now. My dad's a programmer. It's why we moved to Sunnyvale. And it just never interested me at all. It looked super boring. For quick context, what what like year was it when you moved here? It was the mid nineties. Okay. Yeah. So I figured as much, but like I was like trying to think of what era it was in computing. Yeah. Uh, not an exciting one. <laughs> um <laughs> And yeah, it just didn't look cool. My dad's also really into like backend development, which I did not care for, still don't care for. Um, And I never wanted to do it at all. But eventually I got to college and I wanted to study cognitive science, which is this weird major that's like a mix of computer science, linguistics. It's just like studying the brain, basically. Can do it. Um, but all, a lot of the classes were filled up and you had to take computer science anyway. So I started taking that one because that was available. And I really don't know when I made the decision to study computer science. It was purely a practical one, though, because wow. I didn't want to go to grad school because I hated school. And I wanted to make a lot of money when I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, your career counselor cool. like, so what do you want to accomplish in life? I want to make some money. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like. That's it. But I don't want to hate myself, which is why I'm not in finance or something. Yeah. Like, I want to work a pretty normal work week and stuff. So you ended up studying computer science. Yeah. And I had, like, an emotional breakdown every semester because I wanted to study history. But my parents were like, what are you going to do with that? And I was like, I don't know. Can't make money. Well, Uh, maybe. Well, one of my closest friends is a developer now, and she makes more than I do, and she studied history. So what does that tell that you? That motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you end up ever enjoying it? Sometimes. And I still actually do enjoy coding. Like, I do it with game development and all this AR, VR stuff, or even just making weird websites. I, like, I enjoy doing that, but I don't care for computer science theory which I went to Berkeley and that was a huge focus was the theory and the math. How do you feel about big O notation? (laughs) I actually just read this book though. It's called Grokking Algorithms. We have that out there. Yeah, it's somewhere around here. And I do recommend it. It's the only theory book I've read that is somewhat approachable and friendly. Yeah. So if you're into that, that's the book to read. Um, I did take more theory classes than I needed to because there is something beautiful about it. <laughs> I hate this so much, but I'll sign up for more. I love to suffer. Glutton for punishment. Yeah, definitely. It's a big personality trait of mine. <laughs> Darkness. Suffering. Uh, s- self-suffering. Yeah. I'm actually a very happy person. <laughs> yeah, I'll, most I'll take, of what I knew about I'll, you previously was cutie <laughs> selfies. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe guys should take more cute selfies, just like women do. Just the fact that you said cutie selfies on Twitter, I just (laughs) laughed so hard. I'm into cuteness and darkness. They can coexist. Like Pokemon. Like Jedis and Sith. Mm, Well, they can't coexist. Well, they can. Can they? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like they're not doing a great job at it. Well, they coexist to fight each other. Is that coexisting? Kind of. They both exist. At the no, same time. that's not what coexisting no, means. No, I feel like that's coexist- exactly what coexisting means. No, it doesn't. Living I feel at the like same time, like, sure, no, they exist doesn't. together. No, coexistence is, implies there's like a mutual, re- like the relationship yeah. like they is the reason other. for the existence. Have either of you ever been married? That's what coexisting is. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I no. have not. Shit, I guess he wins. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue at this point. 
<laughs> My wife is going to edit this. It will be great. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, where were we? Uh, suffering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you came to enjoy the theory part. I appreciate that it's really beautiful and elegant. Um, I don't like how it's taught. I don't really like how any computer science is taught. There is this big emphasis on like... Java, yeah. Yes, Java, yeah. I was just complaining about Java the other day and saying no one needs it. Um, I literally <laughs> knew someone in college whose goal was to, and I quote, hack the mainframe. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds weird. Have you ever seen hackers? <laughs> I have not, no. Because I get some great vibes off that <laughs> statement. It is kind of cool can now. Can we watch hackers after this? <laughs> we totally can. That's okay. fine by me. Perfect. Um, But at the time, like, he just met, you know, he wanted to like make his own compilers and just like get really into like the back end and the nitty gritty and like how computers actually work. And that's totally cool. Like I'm down for people being into that. But that's all people were interested in. And you got made fun of if you were interested in design or even front end development. Oh, really? Yeah. It was it was a really like macho culture. Eesh. Which I feel was detrimental to everyone. Like yep. no one benefited from that. And just proving like, oh, like, you know, who's taking the hardest classes? It's well, like, who cares? I think this is still to some degree a trend in the industry today where oh, yeah. developers Yo. tend to make, I guess, vague comments about like, well, I'm not a designer because they don't really want to be a designer because designers mm -hmm. are less smart or whatever. They paid less. Truth. Yeah, there's all sorts of subtle things that fly around there and most of it's just a measuring contest of like, I, who's smarter i don't like bemoan that necessarily but i think it's just silly and i think the whole like developers can't do design work thing is bizarrely terrible but yep yeah i think they just get away with it because most people developers included don't really understand how programming or computers work Ooh. <laughs> like hot take I mean, at the end of the day, could you honestly walk me through how every part of your computer and every part of the internet honestly works? So you're saying no. you want to talk about logic gates and DNS servers. <laughs> Dude, I took an electrical engineering class. Like, But you don't have to know that I stuff say to be a you developer, to right? Yeah, and I totally believe you don't have to know that stuff. But I think a lot of people kind of hide behind it. Of like, hmm, it's complicated. Like, mm -hmm. I can't explain it. So don't question me. Whereas with design, like people literally see it. Mm. So everyone's got an opinion about it. I feel that's the worst part of design though, is just the visual stuff. Uh, oh, I love the visual no, stuff. No, the visuals are good. I, I feel like, but, uh, like that, but then people evaluate it and give their stupid commentary on something them. that roughly like it matters, but it's not like the core of the thing. I don't know. Design I, is dumb. I, Fuck it all. The show's over. And you said I had a hot take. <laughs> I, I can't drop the Jesus. mic because it's on a stand, but this I want to. This is the hottest take I've ever think. Uh, oh, I'm here for the hot takes. I totally disagree. I think visuals are important. I think they matter. I think. Uh, That's because you can't do them. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think sometimes they're over-indexed on importance or misprioritized. Why are you glaring at me? What? Am, I, am, I, am I bringing down design details? God, you guys are witnessing. We're getting very tenebrous. You are here. witnessing the implosion as we speak. Well, I am an Aries, so I love to start shit. Oh shit! I don't know what any of that means. I can't believe except we, for God of War and yeah. the mustache and Wonder Woman. 
<laughs> that's all we did when we left was we laughed at his mustache uh, i laughed at the mustache and you got annoyed at me for laughing at the well, mustache. no i got mad at you for spoiling it for our taxi driver did you see wonder woman no i don't really watch superhero movies okay yo can we do a, but also can i do highly recommend can i, can I get a sneak a hot take in on wonder woman yeah sure. do it it's so the main bad guy mm-hmm. oh dude oh, shit. This, this is, spoilers. is a spoiler all right this is a, are you ever gonna see it i don't care spoiler spoiler alert for everyone listening spoiler to this thing you idiot why are you doing this the main bad guy who is it uh i don't know um, well, he he represents Ares. The, it's Professor okay. Lupin from God of Harry War. Potter. Is okay. Professor Lupin from Harry Potter wearing the exact same mustache style as Professor Lupin in Harry Potter? Well, he's just British. So you have the God of mm, War, the, the God of War, with this really big, bushy old man mustache, mm. and then he puts on like this helmet that's supposed to make him look badass. <laughs> and you just see the mustache poking. <laughs> I was just dying laughing. I'm like, that is not how I would imagine so funny the God of War. It. For what it's worth, it's like a kind of a really bad spoiler because you can tell as soon as he walks on to the like set that oh, that's the bad guy. Cool. Yeah. Well, he seems good right now, but he's clearly the bad guy. We we disclaimed the spoilers, so if yeah. anyone yeah. just got it spoiled, you deserved it. Maybe the title of the podcast should be spoiler alert. Oh shit! Mm. Not a bad idea. Okay, so you graduated. Mm-hmm. What did you want to do Make with money. your degree that you didn't like? having gotten <laughs> literally just make Get money dollars. yeah um i really didn't know what i wanted to do actually so i just worked as a developer um until i figured it out what kind of developer full stack mm, like a pancake for everyone that's mm-hmm. listening there were some real big air quotes there <laughs> scare quotes is what that's called it scare doesn't quotes. mean anything hmm. what did it mean to you at the time or like what did that um, what did your employers think that meant it meant i was a rails developer who could do javascript sometimes cool sweet that's pretty much it What'd you well now on? it just means you went through a javascript boot camp uh true i mean yeah technically i guess you can call yourself isometric oh no isomorphic <laughs> whatever <laughs> you can see yourself from a 45 degree angle whatever <laughs> same shit uh what kind of stuff did you build i was like- working at goodreads okay. if anyone has used that yeah um, if you haven't, it's basically just a website where you document what you've been reading and it gives you recommendations based off that. What books you've stolen. Yeah. What books you've stolen. That's the only way to get books. Um, and the recommendations are really good actually. Like I do find a lot of books that way. So yeah, I was just working on the website. I was there when Amazon acquired Goodreads. So when we started focusing on Kindle, but I wasn't doing that much there, uh, so I don't really know how that project went. Why did you choose to work there? I interned there while I was in college and I worked part-time in college. And I just really liked the product and I still like the product. Um, I would happily keep working on it, but I wanted to become a designer, not a developer. And they just didn't have the resources for me to make that career change because they all had like too much on their plates. So I ended up quitting and taught myself how to be a designer. Why did took- you want to be a designer? Damn it, that was my question. You wanted to have money. <laughs> and yes. developer has more money. <laughs> I made it's a, a very horrible mistake. Okay. But hey, now I'm on this podcast. hey It's not called developer details. And we also don't pay you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
I just always thought the challenges were more interesting. Like, like I said before, backend development doesn't really interest me as much, but I really liked working on like what people actually saw and interacted with. And mm-hmm. I wished I had a say in what those things should be rather than just implementing them. So I foolishly believe that designers could say how things should be designed. I've since learned that's not the case. <laughs> Our uh, clients tell us how it should be designed. Uh, well, then, those are agency designers then. Yeah, but even at a product company, it's like your product manager tells you how it should be designed. Maybe. Nah, we don't play those games. I think you can find product managers that are a little more... Uh, I haven't worked at large companies understanding in a long of, time. I think you can find good PMs that I'm respect, sure. respect yeah. them. Yeah, there's good people in the world. <laughs> Somewhere. Do you exist? <laughs> Not in this room, apparently. Well, Sit boy. the dog's here. Speak for yourself. Yeah. I guess he's, he's has good. human-like qualities. He has eyes and stuff. Dogs are people. Yeah, basically. What? Just roll with it. <laughs> How did you make the transition? This is something that comes up quite a bit, especially these days. I want to stop developing and do the yeah. design stuff. How do I get I started? I want to stop playing basketball and be a rapper. Yeah. Mm, can't help there. Bad at both. But for design... Honestly, it was really hard. Um, I was effectively unemployed for a year. You can say I was freelancing, and I was, but not the entire year. (laughs) And I just had to teach myself a lot of new skills, like how to use the tools like Sketch and Photoshop, making up projects for myself to build up a portfolio. What Uh, kind of projects did you make up? What was your favorite? Um, At the time, so I'm really into art and I actually have a different project that I'm sort of working on that has to do with art but this one was about like I knew a lot of people who would go to art museums and they like art but they didn't really know how to talk about it or they were basically scared of art museums they felt they had to know more or like yeah they were just like wine kind of yeah and I was like no like you can you can just look at something and like it that Mm -hmm. that's it but I wanted to make a website that would kind of introduce people to art in a really really low-key way so every time you kind of refresh the page or hit next it would show you one piece give you the bare minimum information about it like who painted it who made it when and then like two sentences about why it's interesting and that's it and they're pieces that were like fairly famous so you'd recognize them you could just learn to talk about art in this really casual way. Like you don't have to read a book or take a class. Um, that one was a lot of fun to work on, actually. Yeah, I love it. Is and that still out there? No, but I'm now working on something a little different. It was this D3 project, and I will never do a D3 project again. <laughs> but D3 it's, is the JS library. Yeah, it's a JavaScript library. and For charts? Graphs, yeah. And so this is like a really long vertical timeline of artists and who they influenced. So they'll just have a node, which will be like a painting, basically, that represents the artist, and then a line to whichever artist they recommended. So Velasquez in Spain in the 1500s or whatever, he influenced Manet in France in the 1800s. And so there will be a line between the two of them. Um. Is this like a friend graph, like those Facebook friend graphs? Basically like... made a friend graph for artists. <laughs> the old school social network. What do you yeah. call it? It's called Art Connections, but Connections is spelled with an X in the middle. Mm. Yeah. Very Sick. Web 2.0. Mm-hmm. Sick. 
And yeah, getting the code to work, it it's a really simple thing. Like the way I just described it, there's really nothing complicated happening there. But it took 30, 40 hours just trying to get this simple thing to work. There was one night a few weeks ago where I was like so close. I knew I was close and I wanted to go to bed. And I was like, no, I, I have to just figure this out. And so I put on a hyphy playlist because I am from the Bay Area. And I pretty much just listened to Blow the Whistle by Too Short on repeat for an hour until I finally got this thing to work. Every time I think I know what hyphy means, something comes up that makes me think I very much don't. Because Too Short? Jesus, what? <laughs> too Short, the rapper. What? I don't know what hyphy so hyphy is uh, a rap style from the Bay Area. I don't know if it's not that popular anymore. It was more popular like 10 years ago and earlier. But like, oh God, who's the big one? There's Too Short, there's Keek the Sneak, there's E-40. Tell me when to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's hyphy. You oh, got it. I don't still know what it means. Well, it's just the rap style, like crunk or trap, just okay. just the genre. All right. Yeah. Okay. We used to say that all the time. <laughs> He'd be like, tell me when we're recording. And <laughs> tell me go. when to go. Tell me when to go. <laughs> tell me when to go. Yeah. So that's, that's what I did. And now all of that is in place and I just have to add to the database, basically. Cool. Uh, going back to when you were self-teaching, mm-hmm. did you... How did you prioritize the things that you felt like you needed to learn? Like, is it the tools first? Is it theory first? Though that's a good question. Um, Thank there, you. There was no linear path, honestly, and I would just talk to people, like designers I knew, and ask them what they were doing. Like, and there really is no path. <laughs> I wish I had a better answer. Um, it really depends what kind of designer you want to be. So some will focus more on front-end development or some will just get really into illustration. Um, At the beginning, I think you should just kind of try a little bit of everything. Hmm. And what about for you? What did you figure out? Or how did you figure out what kind of design work was interesting? Um, I always knew I liked visual work. That's why I wanted to stop being a developer. And for a long time, I didn't code anymore. I was like, that is done. But hey, now I'm doing D3. So back in it. (laughs) Full circle. Um, so I definitely focus more on visual aspects of design. So Illustrator, Photoshop, learning, you know, color theory and like typography and all these things. Gotcha. I don't want to grasp for straws if nothing's there, but I'm curious if growing up in the Bay Area had mm-hmm. any impact on your interest in this kind of stuff? Because obviously this is like the hub um, for a lot of that design development. Yeah, honestly, I think it had a huge influence. In a way, it's really hard for me to see it because yeah. I grew up here, I went to school here, I live here. I'm I'm here, man. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> so I've never really been able to get that outside perspective and live somewhere else and see like how maybe that changes how I feel about sure. tech. But it's all darkness. It's yeah, it's oh, pretty so dark. it's kind of your jam. So yeah. Maybe you should leave. Wow. Not not in a <laughs> okay, mean way. Well, no, bye. no, no, not in a mean way. Not a mean way. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just, I just really like being online. Oh, mm. 
Ah, so nice. So, it is such a beautifully so succinct way to say that. It's so good. Yeah, I just really do. Um, I like used to play online games with my dad. We played World of Warcraft together. I was on MySpace. I customized that. I like, yeah, just I was always online. So I'm just really here for that experience. And so I really love making exceptionally bizarre websites and like weird experiences that maybe like harken back to that time. Um, so not like weird in like the vapor wavy like current. A little bit. Or like, so I work at ThoughtBot and recently a coworker and I started like this design event series mm-hmm. for basically we wanted to make design meetups that we would actually want to attend. I saw photos of this <laughs> with Paul Ryan somehow. Yeah, Paul Ryan was involved in one of the prompts. Don't worry about it. They're so basically was the friends. NSA. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did not see this, so I'm confused, but yes. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I'll walk you through it. But it's called Artboard One because whenever you open up Photoshop or something, you have Artboard One. It's like your first thing. I thought it was like an Air Force One kind of. Wasn't it, it just Artboard and then Artboard One? Yeah. Well, sometimes I think Photoshop, uh, who knows? Whatever. Artboard One Whatever. is a sick name. <laughs> um, it just implies like you've just started, you're about to make something new. Blank slate. Cool. And the website for it is aggressively underdesigned. And I was really in- just inspired by like how websites used to be like, hey, Times New Roman is a good enough font. <laughs> Let's not mess with it. You know? <laughs> if it's Black good text, enough, white it's background. Good Any marquee or blink? No. I think but those are deprecated, right? I think, well, you can they definitely still work. You can definitely really? get them to they work. They still work. Yeah, but on the website too, there are three artboards, so little canvases. You can draw in one of them, and cool. two of the others are like animations. Cool. Why did you not like design meetups? Why don't you like design meetups? I mean, a lot of them are just like happy hours, and I don't really like to socialize with strangers. Mm, me too. Like, I don't really want to go somewhere, not know the 30 people in this room, and then just start a conversation like way too introverted for that so what do you do (laughs) (laughs) right like oh my god i don't want to like explain to people over and over like well i'm a designer at thoughtbot um and it's either that or it's someone just pitching their product and i don't care about that either Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh familiar so how does artboard one approach the meetup from an introverted point of view so we focus more on actually doing something at the meetup. So, <laughs> not, what, Shots not just like standing everyone. around and drinking and eating no. startup food. Um, so, our first event was a design challenge. And we want to do more things like that, like design challenges or workshops or just giving people a chance to make things and have fun with design in a way that, yeah, like at your day job, there are very real constraints and requirements and you can't just do the goofiest stuff ever. But here you can. And so we had three prompts that people could choose from. Uh, the first was design a print ad for public libraries. The Steal the books. Done. Yeah, you would have been great for that. The second was um, design a six-second ad for the NSA. <laughs> oh, that Buying style. I like it. And the last one was design a chat bot for the dark web. What were some of your favorite outcomes? Chatbot was the dark for the dark web was like the main prompt, yeah. Uh, or did, did a bunch of people do different things? They did different things. Ah, yeah. I only saw that one. 
the team I was on combined the NSA one and the chatbot one. So we did an ad where it's like for the NSA and they just had all these conversations. I wrote the conversations as if they were like taking place in the dark web. So people trying to buy drugs and stuff. And then it was just like plastered all over this like 3D space. So you could walk around. You could read the conversations that the NSA had been snooping on. Someone made this like really upbeat but kind of creepy music to go with it. It's like, hey, we're the NSA, which is creepy, but they're trying to be positive. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we also filmed a video of all the other teams and like we spied on them. And put that together as a really cool collage. But you put some like sick VHS banding on it. So it just looked we, like old. We tried surfers. to, yeah, but it was like only an hour for yeah. the design challenge. So the video didn't quite make it in, but it was really good. How many of these events have you done? This was the first one. When was it? It was last week. Oh, snap. Super <laughs> recent. Artboard yeah. 1 1. Shit. Like a Mario World. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. So how often do you want to do this? How can people. For whom this sounds interesting, sign up. <laughs> to whom? Whomsoever. <laughs> um, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I think I used it correctly, right? I think so. I, I just memed you. I'm sorry. Unto whom, I think. <laughs> God, now I just sound like a dick. Well, we all do. Yeah, a little bit, huh? Um, We're definitely not going to do it more than once a month because there was a fair amount of planning that took place. Like, mm. there was definitely more planning than the actual like event (laughs) i also think more than once a month people are like i'll just catch the next one yeah um so we'll see when the next one is but we'll keep people posted via twitter where what's the handle there is no handle then what how do you gotta follow a young spy okay you gotta follow follow me on twitter or thoughtbot (laughs) thoughtbot will tweet about it (laughs) cool Uh, maybe we should have a handle, but our whole attitude with this was like, yeah, I, I guess it's very like agile or like lean UX. Nice. But how do you, know, you feel about buzzwords? Um, love them. Just drop them in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they get the point across, but actually I really hate buzzwords because I feel like eventually they don't mean anything and people just have these totally meaningless conversations yeah. where maybe you just shouldn't have said anything at all. Hmm. I just shrugged. It was um, a pretty big shrug. <laughs> but for Artboard One, our attitude was like, we don't have to figure everything out right now. So the website, we're like, good enough. It doesn't even have a custom URL, whatever. Does it have machine learning though? Uh, not yet, but we're definitely going to implement uh, AR kit yeah. mm. into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Google Home. Yeah. Cool. One of the like projects for that, one of the people who did the NSA ad... It was so good. I loved it. I'm going to describe it. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> Visual content, audio um, to describe, so description. It was, it was a guy reading a book mm-hmm. and he asks his, you know, little device, NSA Home, he's like, what's my ex up to right now? And she says, oh, she's at your brother's house. Do you want to start recording? And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then it says, NSA Home, you already have one. Shots fired to all the home devices that are 100% spying on you. Shit. It was good. Wow. So Provocative. It was, yeah. Is that on the internet? It is not, but the project I worked on about like the NSA thing where you can read these conversations, that is on the internet. It was pretty interesting. So we're going a little bit, uh, weaving our course through your story. Mm-hmm. So you were at Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Um, you quit to become a designer. 
Yeah. Self-taught. Mm-hmm. You describe yourself as introverted? Yeah, but in the Myers-Briggs sense of the word. <laughs> wow. What does that mean? That really just means the way they define introversion versus extroversion is where you get your energy. Mm. So I get my energy by being alone. So I'll eventually find outings to be really, really draining. But an extrovert would need to be around people to be energized. And if they're alone, they would find that draining. I've found uh, like meetups and stuff to be pretty draining. And so I've just stopped going to them. Mm-hmm. Have you found that's the case for you as well? Or have you managed? Because it's I feel like it's also an important thing in this small community to be out there and meeting people. Mm, Has yeah. that ever been a conflict for you? Uh, no, because you can meet people on Twitter and Slack. <laughs> Dope. Internet. <laughs> <laughs> Love to be online. <laughs> Are you getting the theme here? <laughs> Darkness, being online. I dig it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what was your first design gig? Where did this get you? So I did a variety of little like freelance projects for a while. And then I did the General Assembly Design Boot Camp. Uh-huh. So I was looking for the word there. And that was like a two-month process. And after that, I looked for jobs for a long time. It's honestly really hard to find your first design gig. So on that note, if anyone's looking right now and it's not working out, I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. Can't help you. Sucks to be you. But you will get there eventually, I promise. Um, And it was this really small agency in North Beach. I was the fourth person (laughs) there. And I was there for a year. And yeah, it was just like agency design work. Sure. Can you share more about like the job hunting process? Because this is something that an increasing number of folks are facing is I want to do this. I've been teaching myself the skills. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do side projects and freelancing. But every job out there is saying five years of experience doing yeah. product design or whatever it is. How did you get your in, even if it's at a four-person agency? Yeah, It's really hard. You're going to have to apply to so many places, like so many. And it's going to get really depressing. Um, the tips facts for, of life. T- any tips for dealing with that? Honestly, I think one thing that helps the most is being really active either in the community IRL, like going to these meetups and really meeting people or through Twitter and like writing medium posts and just having your voice heard one way or another. Now that at ThoughtBot, I got that job through Twitter and I actually got a different job offer through Twitter as well. Like I was just tweeting, hey, I'm looking for a job. A friend of a friend reached out to me. They had read some of my articles. That was enough to get my foot in the door. And that's awesome, and I feel really lucky, and I can't guarantee that's going to work for everyone. But if people have a sense of who you are and they've seen other people validate you, that'll help. How did you figure out what to write about? find that I'm often paralyzed with, like, what do I write? Does well, it then have to be... Why should you write then? Yeah. Does yeah. it have to be unique? I never write unless I really have something on my mind. And so it'll just be like I have this burning thought and then I kind of word vomit onto Medium and then I post it. Cool. (laughs) Don't really overthink it. What's the most recent thing you've written? Recently? Um, Probably something really tame like how to get into VR. Ooh. (laughs) How do you get into VR? You put on a headset. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Nice. Um, No, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, Download Unity. Get yourself a 
Google Cardboard headset. Yeah. It's 10 bucks online. And then you pretty much have all the tools you need. And Google Cardboard like has really good tutorials for it. Unity has amazing tutorials that they put on themselves. And you just kind of start doing it. When did you become interested in this kind of stuff? Um, I was interested for a while, like maybe a year and a half ago. And then I went to the Unity offices um, for a meetup. <laughs> hey. And I got to try out VR for the very first time. And it honestly blew my mind. Like I remember that moment so vividly. And I just thought it was really cool. And... I was like, okay, I'm going to like learn how to do this. And I asked a bunch of questions about like, what software do I need? Like, do I need this really expensive 3D modeling software to start? No, you totally don't. Um, like literally you could just start with Unity and your cardboard headset. And that's $10 total that you have to spend. Mm -hmm. So I like the, the darkness theme. Mm -hmm. What keeps you up at night? Oh man, uh, politics. Yeah. Politics definitely do. Um, less so now. My coping mechanism was to watch the entirety of Parks and Rec because I needed something really happy. Mm -hmm. And then I just finished watching the entirety of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because I was yes. ready to be sassy again. I'm ready. Like a I'm bag ready of for the sass. Return to me. <laughs> just TV is really therapeutic. Uh -huh. I mean, so. Kittenman's. <laughs> yeah, it's it is I love Charlie so much. Oh my god. Um so that that doesn't keep me up at night as much anymore, but if anything does, it's definitely that or just like usually I fall asleep wondering if there's going to be an earthquake. Hmm. There, was <laughs> there was an today. earthquake today. Yeah, there was. <laughs> Which we didn't feel. Yeah, we didn't I notice it. it. We heard about it, it through the internet. <laughs> it's a fun little roller yeah. coaster. It was like a short little thing. Yeah. Little thing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a carnival ride. Well, I'm glad you're sleeping well at night. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming to hang out. And Thank talk. you for having me. This was fun. That was episode 204. Thank you so much to Morgan for coming and hanging out with us. We had super fun hanging out in the darkness, just chilling, talking about phantoms and stuff. I did play her game after we recorded, by the way. It's very fun. Y'all should play it too at Morgan's website. Link in the show notes. Before we go, huge thank you to Fuse for making this episode possible. Fuse lets you stop prototyping and just start building things for native applications. What's the point in writing something or drawing something or crafting animations when they don't count? It's to communicate because you're throwing it over the fence to someone else. You don't have to do that anymore. You can just write the whole thing. You can start building real, responsive, animated, interactive apps if you go to fusetools.com. Check out the tools. A lot of it's free. You can start building real stuff that you can put on the App Store. If you're working with a team or want something a little more powerful, Fuse has a professional plan. And if you use the promo code DESIGNDETAILS at checkout, that'll save you 50% for 12 months. It's at fusetools.com. Thanks so much to Fuse. See you next week. <laughs>